Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Land of hope and glory, fishing's really important. Nothing's bigger than fishing. Fishing, I can't emphasize it enough. <laughs> it's a sovereignty pod, Phil. How do you feel? How do you Even though we're now a services-based in economy, <laughs> people still think we make guns. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, yes, uh, listener, you might have noticed that Pierre and I are sounding particularly free today. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you can hear the sovereignty that drips from every... <laughs> syllable that passes our sweet lips but uh this is the first bud pod in a free united kingdom free from the chains of a tyrannical european union free at last to do what we want to do yeah and we want to drown in the atlantic (laughs) i think what we want to do before we drown is to spend Possibly as long as seven years, very slowly negotiating a, a more difficult uh, way of doing things. A more di- we're going to spend seven years to find a more difficult way of doing as close a thing as possible to what we were doing beforehand. Yes. I, that's the ideal. The ideal is that yes. uh, we spend years and years of time and effort and billions of pounds to renegotiate a deal we already have for free yes and the things that we're getting in exchange for that are um it's harder to move here is the theory we want it to be harder to move here for people from europe because it's already fucking hard to move here from not europe right and we want to make it equally hard for europe yes we want it to be as difficult to move here from france as it is from south africa or malaysia for either of us or you know, just Ghana, Brazil, anywhere. Just everyone is just drowning in forms and treated with great suspicion. <laughs> That's the I dream. It's, yeah, it's all. It's all. I think Brexit is all one big um, hoax invented by the paper industry <laughs> to sell more forms. Yes, we're in the pocket of big form. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, Did you watch any of the sad? European Parliament stuff. No, I couldn't really bring myself to on the day that, on the last um, European Parliament day for the British. I I watched a little clip of everyone singing "Old Lang Syne," mm. uh, but I I I I didn't want to give Brexiteers the satisfaction of my paying attention. Interesting. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Interesting. Well, like the idea. You know, in, you know when 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 um like in the movie, a gal breaks up with a boyfriend and. And she starts crying, and the other gal's like, "He's not worth it." Oh yeah, yeah. Don't hey, come on, we're going out. Right. You know, that, that's how I felt about you. Were, <laughs> we're going out. I said that to myself. You're, we're going out tonight. You're trying to. Sass- we're getting fucked. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you were trying to sass your way out of Brexit grief. Yeah, and it kind of worked actually. Did it? Well, I think that's I think that's what the country did as a whole. I mean, it was extraordinary the lack of interest that 
official Brexit Day passed with, considering all the drama that's come to that led yeah. up to Yeah. Yes, and that's. I mean, that's one, that's a great British strength. It's to really mm. care about something during it, and then once it is a bygone conclusion, everyone goes, "Nah." Eh, that's on. that's true, isn't it? I I I watched some of the parliamentary speeches and things, and it's it's a sign of how insane everything has gotten. Where it's like, like the e a lot of the stuff about the EU is like is not nice. Yeah, like it has loads of issues, and oh. a lot of the people at the highest level of it are like completely out of touch, weird continental academics like they've got they've often done that really germanic thing of getting nine degrees in philosophy from eight different universities it's like professor whoever of leipzig and they're just completely like well if the greeks wanted food they sort of invested in the 70s or whatever they're very you know like but then the fact that that's the case it, it, <laughs> and i was watching it going oh the beautiful com- community of the that's how crazy things have gotten is that it was like watching a the sad bit of a film where like the heroes are getting cast out of the right halls of greatness or whatever. It I mean, like, it's, it's sort of like the bit in like a Marvel film yes. where a sort of anti-hero-like villain mm. d- dies, and you go, "Oh, actually, they were pretty good." Oh, I liked a version of Deadpool or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I was very sad watching it, and then I watched. Uh, did you see any of the interviews with with sovereign patriots in the? Uh, in Trafalgar Square, uh, no, but I did see sort of um, news pieces like reports from the Brexit centres around the world, uh, around the world, around the <laughs> UK. Yes. So, like, um, I think there was one in Dover or whatever. And I was, yeah. try- I was trying to give Brexiteers the benefit of the doubt and go, you know what? No, they're 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 not uh, scum, guzzling <laughs> morons. They just have a different view of of, of nationhood and. Um, society than I do and literally the first person <laughs> this this reporter went up to saying oh, how do you feel today and this stupid woman just <laughs> went oh, I just uh, I feel English you know I just uh, I feel and like she's doing that sort of shoulder drop like, uh, I just feel, <laughs> like she just had a lovely shout uh, I just feel English and then and then they cut to another oh interview with a, a horrible little troll yeah um <laughs> And they're like, how do you feel today? <laughs> oh, I'm happy. Oh, because, you know, they were... And she literally said, they were telling us what shape to grow our f- fruit in. They were telling <laughs> us this and telling us that. And it's just good to be, you know, uh, British again. <laughs> and then after seeing those, it was like, no, I was right. They're all scum, guzzling <laughs> morons. And we've done this for the worst elements of our society. <laughs> we have shot ourselves in the foot to spite the ugliest faces. I, I, I find it... Of- quite funny the idea that you have one of these big rallies and you've got some like incredibly academic brexiteer you know they're sat there going like uh yes the reason is that you know if you look at the maastricht treaty the way that it treats the concept of the nation state you know the, the trouble is that, and they've got these really like completely philosophically coherent and extremely complex reasons for not liking the eu's like constitutional points and then they stood next to someone going, if I want to grow a banana in a straight line. <laughs> mm. And they're having to go, yes, we, we all have the right idea. And they're all having to sort of agree with each other, even though they find each other completely baffling. Yeah, I guess. It I, has- just, I saw the ones in Trafalgar Square where the BBC reporter said to the woman, but how's your, what are you looking forward to changing about your life day to day? And she was like, well, you know... The- we can have our own laws, can't we? 
think. Right, okay. And I've said that faster and better than I recommend finding that clip. It's t- what, ch- yeah. chilling. What it you is mean chilling. She, she just doesn't get to the point. There's nothing. There's nobody. It's nothing going to change day to day for this woman. She doesn't run a, a small bottling company. Yeah. Or whatever. It's not like, well, the importation of glass may be more or less difficult, depending. It's like, no, she's just there going, hello, I hate I hate the idea of foreign things. I mean. Yeah. I mean, uh, you have to give it to Nigel uh, Farage that he's he had he has mobilized the most significant change in British foreign policy. Yeah. Since on, the, on the back since, of a hunch. Since like the 50s. But it's just a hunch. He's just gone, yeah. he's like, hey, everyone, you know this hunch you have? And everyone's gone, not really. Okay. And then he went, all right, well, now you have this hunch. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I guess we have a hunch. Yeah, okay, yeah. but you use that hunch uh, to completely uh, paralyze British politics for a decade. I yes, think. yes. And to change it, everything. I mean, he's he's probably the most successful politician, politician of, of the 21st century so far in the UK. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's just achieved a dream without ever being in parliament. He's never even been an MP. Mm. He just sat there going, I like smoking fags in pubs. And everyone's gone, no, well, I mean, how can we resist? You can't argue with that. How can we resist the tidal wave of this man's message? I don't know. It's, um, I was surprised. I was, I was reminded the other day. We, it's easy to forget, Phil, because we live in, uh, we're, we're members of the metropolitan liberal elite who live in London. Yes, as everyone should be. <laughs> I mean, that's the point, isn't it? Everyone should be. Yeah. Well, you know, the dream. But uh, now we're all going to be turned into uh, crofters and noble uh, uh, hooksmen and things like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it'll be good to finally learn a trade. It will be. It will be actually very satisfying to learn a trade. But uh, I was—I'd forgotten the, the kind of attitudes that I grew up around, to an extent. Um, and a guy who I went to school with, who I haven't seen in many years. Um, some of my friends saw him the other day and uh, he was disparaging about the idea of picking up food from a French supermarket on a trip. Like he wanted to pick up the food from a British supermarket. In France? They were going to go through France, yeah. Right. And they yeah. were like, well, why don't we just wait till we're in France and we can just buy stuff there? Oh, I see, I see, I see. And he was yeah. like, no. He was very like, oh, no, it will taste of foreign gubbins. Right, so it wasn't that he wanted to he didn't he wanted to avoid supporting a French economy over a British economy. It was just he was scared of what it was. He was like afraid. He was he was like fearful and 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 disgusted on instinct basis <laughs> of what might be in a French supermarket. You know, the country that's arguably one of the best food making countries on earth, and the word cuisine is French, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Michelin stars are French and so on. And he was like a fearful. A fearful peasant of uh, of the idea of just buying whatever le Jaffa cakes instead of fucking Jaffa cakes, <laughs> but that was un- genuinely it was enough for him to be like I'd rather carry bags of food. You, to be fair to me, you, European crisps are scary. <laughs> well, when you go in Europe and they're like, it's like le- 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 leek and onion. <laughs> yeah, those flavors are insane. Paprika everywhere. Paprika. I like that pa- though. I like paprika. I like a paprika crisp. What did I have? Oh, jamón iberico. What? Uh, crisps. We, uh, we were in Porto the other on the weekend because I'm a, I'm part of the elite, and the That's crisps right. they had are we got bags of jamón iberico crisps, which are just like that. A very expensive, fine Spanish ham. <laughs> Is that a particular ham to flavor the crisp? It'd be so interesting to see how much that just tastes like smoky bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It's it was a, just a bag of frazzles. It's a, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's the same flavor powder from the industrial hopper. 
But they're like, uh, why, why don't we just call it Hamon uh, Iberico for the English market? They're like, no, no, they don't like nice things. <laughs> <laughs> they want the smoke and the, the bacon, the cheap bacon. We'll they will up, like this. We'll make up a new word. Frasels? Frasels. What is the noise of when uh, the English, they put the spam in the hot pan? Frasels. We call it this. It will remind them of the low-quality pork that they enjoy so much. Frasels. We make an onomatopoeic crisp. You know Michelin? Yeah. Michelin star? It is the same Michelin as the Michelin man. It is the tire company, isn't it? Yeah, because they back when the car was in, around the time the car was invented, the motoring started becoming a thing. Mm. The Michelin people wanted to encourage people to drive, so they came up with a Michelin guide, which was sort of a guide of restaurants and stuff and hotels around the country for for motorists to stop by. Right. And so they were like, "This is a good one. Drive here." Yeah, and they started rating restaurants and stuff, and then over the years it became the titan. The titan that is now. The, Do you, I, but it's still. But the, I think it's so funny that the two places you see the the big fat white Michelin man <laughs> are at the best restaurants in the world <laughs> and garages. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that is like the a stereotype of a rich guy, isn't it? He's all big and fat and white, and he just loves cars and food <laughs> like a oligarch. But but not just any food. Tiny plates of tiny itty bitty tiny, food. Of like of like of it's like all in one spoon. Yeah, of like beach smoke cured halibut with a sort of a drizzle of something. Yeah, and yeah. And he's and he still eats <laughs> enough of it to be that fat. That's what's really yeah. rich about him. I don't understand why Michelin stars like even like understanding the history of it that used to be this guide, where it's like uh, oh it's the seventh best restaurant in, on earth. It has one Michelin star. And you're like what? Oh, oh, right, yeah. So in the old days, was it like the classic one, two, three, four, five stars? And they've just deflated. They've, there's been a deflation of stars. You can get up to three. Three is the most you can three get. Three is the most you can get. Was yeah. that always the case, do you think? Have they just gone, we're handing know. these out like sweets? I don't know. No one's going to motor their way to these restaurants if we keep saying that fucking Denny's or whatever is worth two stars. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what would, what, uh, how many Michelin uh, stars would you give uh, Bud Pot? Um, let's see. Let's rate Bud Pod on various different um, categories. So I, th- I think if taste, Bud, if Bud Pod was a because re- <laughs> so I the think the p- smell is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's like uh, uh, um, what's that fruit that smells like vomit? But it's like a delicacy. Which one in Malaysia? Yeah, durian. Durian. Yeah, yeah. we're like durian fruit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's like, very stinky, but tastes delicious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very creamy. I, th- I think um, if Bud Pod was a restaurant, it would be like uh, one of those restaurants where they go. The fare is very traditional and basic, but they've done with such skill. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not trying to do anything complicated. This isn't a souffle. No. It's like, look, it's roast potatoes. You know. It's just a but, full wow. potato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's the real essence of potato. They've really nailed it. Yeah, I think so. I like to think so. Now we here at the BBC are very concerned with balance. We are dedicated to providing a balanced um, a range of opinions. And so we have here with us a stupid Remainer. Uh, yes, hello. Hello. Hi. Um, yep, yeah, I voted Remain just... Um, um, I don't, I don't like the North, so when they say that something's made them poor, I think, uh, good. 
because uh, I don't like you, I don't you deserve things because you sound you speak English uh, incorrectly. And um, I just vaguely, you know, I prefer I prefer foreign food to to the food we have here, just generally, and that makes me, you know, I vote along those lines about how much I dislike maybe Sunday roast. And I hear that uh, before the 2016 referendum, you did not uh, know what the EU was. Is that correct? Yeah, no, I thought it was like a passport thing. Like, uh, you know, like um, just like a way of saving time for ho- ho- holly bobs. It's a word I use. That's right. So you do say holly bobs yeah. as well. Yeah. You really I'm are, very you really, you really are thick. It, twee as well. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. really awful. Because, because I've noticed that the levers are twee in a way that's like sort of a, a porcelain bulldog. Yes. Whereas I'm twee in, a, in like a sort of a, a homemade bobble hat. Right, yes, that is awfully twee and irritating. Mm. Um, well, I understand that um, after the day of the referendum, you, you, you liked a, a, a post on social media, which was sort of a, a photograph of wine and uh, cheese and pâtés on one end of a table and then uh, sort of baked beans and um, moldy bread on the other end. And, and, and uh, spam or something, wasn't and it? Spam. Yeah. And spam. And there was a big chasm between them. And, and the post said... Uh, this is what we've done, and you liked that, and you thought it was very insightful. Yes, I actually sent it to uh, several of the tedious WhatsApp groups I'm a I'm a member of. Fantastic. Yeah, 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 including the Poetry Society one. Well, okay, that that is really awful, and uh, you are thick. Uh, thank you very much thank for joining you. us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Oh, so on my birthday day, mm. um, I went to a. Um, um, Michelin star restaurant because it's my thirtieth. I'll treat myself. Yeah, um, and also my my sister ended up getting it for me for my birthday. It's very nice, thank you, sister. So I went with my sister. <laughs> well, and I got there first. Um, arrived out, out of breath, <laughs> running, <laughs> running. Yeah, yeah. I was just so excited. Yeah, and uh, I got there first, and then my sister arrived, um, and I was at the table already, and she came over and she said happy birthday, and she gave me a little hug, and sat down. And and then the way the sort of maitre d came over and said, "Madam, uh, good evening. Thank you for joining us. And sir, I do believe it's your birthday today." <laughs> and and I was like, "Huh? What? How do you know that?" He's going to kill you. And he just went, "Oh, a little bird told me." And he wasn't English; he was Italian, so I don't know how he says that. Um, oh, a little bird told me, and. And I was like, oh, okay, right. Hmm. And we started getting served uh, the dishes. And it's like a tasting menu. So it's like loads of little dishes. Yeah, yeah. And each one is presented by a different chef from the kitchen who comes over and tells a you A different about. chef? Yeah. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> and Very Willy Wonka. Yeah, it was, it was really wonderful, actually. And uh, one, one of the, like the third dish or something was brought over by this very nice uh, cook who like... Um, Gave us the dish and explained it and, and threw in a couple of jokes. Oh yeah! And I was like, hmm. And then she said, um, she said to me, "I'm I'm a big fan, by the way. I really, I've, I've been watching you for a, for a while." And I was like, "Oh wow, thanks!" And I realized I should have laughed more at her jokes. Oh, there you go. But now she's going to think I'm a real diva. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like other jokes, just his own. And then when she went away, my sister's like, "Oh, that's how that's how they." No, then that was your birthday. She must she must have seen your name on the reserve reservation list and go, Oh, I wonder why he's coming. And then my birthday is on my Wikipedia. So she went, Oh, it's his it's his birthday. And then she told everyone blah, blah, blah. I was like, Yeah, maybe that's it. It seems a bit much still. Yeah. And 
I'm still racking my brain throughout the dinner. How do they know it's my birthday? I said to the guy, how, can I ask how you know my birthday? It's my birthday. Goes, I don't know. Maybe someone. Oh, we, have, we have our ways. So he's, he'd, rather insp- he'd rather imply that he's a spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fucking every, tell you. every good maitre d' should imply that they are a spy and could kill you. I think yeah. you, want to, you, want to, you want to be there at, at that level of fear. Yeah, because he's, he's right in a way to keep the secrets of maitre d'ing away from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wants, you, it, he wants to ruin it to, the spell. Yeah, he wants, he wants it to be like Grand Budapest Hotel or something where it's like, <gasps> flowers? But I didn't even realize I wanted them. <laughs> Anticipating the guests' needs. You know? and, then, and then I remembered, oh, my friend, uh, my friend um, Holly today was texting me saying, hope you enjoy dinner, and she's very, very nice. And so maybe she called ahead and said, hey, my friend's coming over, it's his birthday, please make yes, him feel... And I was like, oh, that must be it. And then we got to the end of the dinner, and as we were getting our coats on, getting ready to go, I just say one more time to Maitre D, like, so how did you know it was my birthday? And he said, uh, oh, when your sister came in and gave you a hug, she said, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> The sneaky, the easiest way is always the way. And this is after they gave me like a letter from the restaurant, from the chef saying, we would all here like to wish you a happy birthday. And it was signed by the chef and everything. I was like, how do they know? <laughs> how have they, have they had time to write this up and print it? They've got this like, they've got this big filing cabinet full of happy birthday <laughs> yeah. cards. That's amazing, but that's great. That's like a good murder mystery. Uh, yeah, it's always like no, it was a knife. Every, every, yeah, every, and also everything you need to know is right at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It was all there. You could have figured it out. Yeah, but you overcomplicated it. You were thinking, what if there was a satellite that <laughs> tracked me from the day of my birth? Also, there's a really fun bit of the dinner where uh, so a few of the courses came with a wine pairing, oh. and the, the maitre d brought out one. He said, uh, he, he told, each one he told, he told, we were told exactly what the, the drink was. And this, this one he came out and he said, with two glasses, he said, uh, um, this one, I'm going to let you try and figure out. Uh, it's a surprise. See if you can figure out what this is. And I was like, yes, challenge accepted. So this I, is your wine dream. Yeah, this is my wine dream. It was, it was the best birthday ever. Yeah. And so I was sniffing it. <laughs> and like, tasting like... Mm, uh. God, I know that tastes from somewhere. Where's that from? <laughs> mm. My sister's just like, duk, 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 duk. sorry, where are you? Uh, and I'm just, mm, mm. and then I realized, oh, that that smell, that taste, I think it's, it's not like a sake I've had before, but that's there's there's an element there that's definitely sake, that's of a ricey sort of alcohol taste. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and then so I went to the maitre d'. I was like, mm, excuse me, um, I think <laughs> a little find, bird told me. Um, a little bird told me that this is sake. And he sort, of, he sort of whacked his head back and went, oh, well done. <laughs> like and a then, cartoon of a yeah, and, and your dick oh, just exploded. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so happy. Like, oh, well done. Let uh, me get you the bottle. And he went over and got the bottle and brought it over. Like, I, so I'd, like I'd won a prize. He's like, he told us all about this sake. And then my sister was like, you know, he probably just does that to, for any guess. Any guess is correct. <laughs> and like back there, he has, he has his cabinet just full of different bottles. There's like a Pepsi bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a water bottle. Apricot juice. Uh, oh. um, uh, uh, I yes. think, yes, it is. No, oh, it's, it's right at the end of the cellar, though, so it'll take me 10 minutes to go and buy Just some. hard cut to him outside the restaurant running to Sainsbury's. <laughs> but also, like, and then running from Sainsbury's to uh, an off-license run by... Uh, 
like an like an Asian guy. Yeah, because you're Sainsbury's, not going to get apricot. You're not going to get apricot juice. juice. No, you're going to have to go to the weird food and wine, foreign food and wine. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Well, which what, what brand? If you want <laughs> what neat- size of ap- apricot? <laughs> exactly. What breed? Um, what species? Yes, that's great though. That's what you want a maitre d to tell you. Is well done on something. Like well that. done. That's that's um. <laughs> that's that's what you want is to be uh, Im- to impress uh, the un- uh, uh, a historically unimpressible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man to impress a cartoon villain. Yes, 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 yes. To impress someone who try is trying to foil the schemes of a sort of talking dog and his owner. It's <laughs> 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 so always a sort of cruel maitre d. Yeah, I don't know where mustache. Yeah, it's always I don't know where um, the writers of these American adventure silly films got such a bad experience with fine dining from i don't know where this grudge started <laughs> i'm trying to think what my equivalent of that would be for wine and a maitre d saying well done or like what would make you really satisfied and make your dick explode yeah or, or, or be just be such an on-brand thrill probably correcting um uh correcting a very highly respected historian on, on, the, on the detail Ooh. That would probably be good. Only, mm, no, not correcting, because then that's like I'm beating them. Right. And I don't need to beat them. Maybe if I said that said something and they're like, yes, exactly. Or they're oh. like, yes, that's an interesting thought. All right. I'll maybe that's it. That that's, yeah. Yeah, maybe that would be it. Actually, when, when I went on. David Sarkey. No. The prominent racist historian, David Saki. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you could turn him good. I'll just, I'll just say, I, I, I think everyone's, all races are equal. He'll go, mm. Like no one ever actually just said it to him directly. They all just assumed he'd heard it and discounted He's it. He's waiting for someone else to say it. Oh, well, I mean, if you say so. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's an interesting point. Actually, I've, I've, I've thought of it. I've thought of what it was. It's happened. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've, re- I've remembered. Um, uh, for my brother, in, my brother-in-law is... is He's from the north of England, but he's part. His family's like Polish. Okay. <clears throat> so, for his stag do, and he was marrying my older sister. We went to Krakow. Oh yeah. Um, Is and it Krakow or Krakow? Uh, Krakow in terms of like how you'd read it if you were in Poland. Right. Like so if you said Krakow, Krakow, they'd go Mo. Okay. Mo. Yeah. Huh? Mo. Huh? Mo. Krakow. Um, Krakow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I'm being unfair because I say Krakow, but I don't say Warszawa. What's Warsaw? Warsaw. Oh. Yeah. Warsaw. Warsaw. That's what's much sexier than Warsaw. Warsaw. Warsaw must be the most badass name, though. It's got war and saw in war it. War and saw. Yeah, Warsaw. Warsaw. The Warsaw. Bring the Warsaw. <laughs> Bring forward the Warsaw. <laughs> Sir, the gates, they're holding. Bring in the Warsaw. <laughs> That's a really funny siege weapon. Just a big saw. Yeah. Just going in. It's like a handsaw. <laughs> Use <laughs> a small hand saw. Bring the war saw. It takes forever to win a duel with a war saw. Just taking so down the walls. Slowly saw off your enemy's head. <laughs> it's very difficult Stand to win. Still, with. <laughs> stop fidgeting. Um, so we're in Krakow, yeah, or near Krakow at this point, and we went to a, a shooting range. Nice. Yeah, and it's Poland, so it's like war gun. War guns. We went to war gun. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was really good because you you could get like AK-47s and Uzis and all kinds of crazy shit and there's like a generic package 
you can pay for. Mm-hmm. Where they just go, well, you, you start with like pistols and move your way up to an AK. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it was great. And it was Poland, so it was like, uh, I was like, what if I want to shoot more than just like, it was like 20, it was like one magazine or like one, you know, load per weapon. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like a lot. And I was like, what if I want to shoot two magazines for the AK-47? And the guy went, well, you have to pay extra money. And I said, how much? And it was like two quid. It was so, it was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 keep it coming. Keep, leave the bottle of bullets. Um, but I was the only person in the stag with any kind of range time. Range time. Like time spent on a shooting range. Oh, I see. I, I was see, the only person who'd ever been trained or, you know, used to using weapons or whatever, even to the minor extent that I've been. Right. Uh, so I was doing it all like properly. Like I was firing in bursts and so on. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I had to go first because everyone was like, right, you go first. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Two guys didn't want to do it. They were scared? They were like, no, we're not going to do it. Wow. Because they were so loud and, and, and like the loud. recoil was so big. They were yeah. like, fuck it this. It is scary. They I- hated it. I thought I was right in there like a like a... There's also an amazing amount of trust you're putting into everyone else at the, at the shooting range to not just turn around oh. and go, ah! <laughs> just mow you down. No, this, the Polish guy running the range was, I'd say, seven feet tall and wide. He <laughs> was like a building. He was like a small outbuilding. Wow. Um, enormous. So like, he could have taken a few bullets um, in order to get to He was like, he, would, was he looked like the kingpin postal. from Spider-Man. Wow, yeah. It was, uh, bullets would, no, he would just absorb them and fire them back. With the muscle under all the just fat. flex once and then all they all just pop back out. And, Pew! Yeah. yeah, no, this good dude was an absolute fridge of a man, mm. um, and he would stand right behind you. So I guess he'd just snap your neck really quickly <laughs> the second you turned around to go. Wow, isn't this cool with you? <laughs> oh, so it's one at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's okay. one at a time. It, it was it was like it had it was a range. So the ranges had like six standing slots. Yeah, but there was like fourteen of us. Right. And also, he's this guy. This is this English stag do asshole package we've bought. Right, yeah. So he's not like, hey, what, load up, everyone. The liability special. Fuck, exactly. Yeah. And you could see him looking at us like like the safety briefing was a lot more aggressive yeah. than it needed to be. Because he's just like, I, I've, don't, I've seen these guys' trainers. I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't trust these fucking thugs. I've seen enough Englishmen come here and ruin everything and vomit everywhere. I've seen what they can do to a small Spanish town unarmed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alone with an AK-47 exactly yeah and uh, we all I think we were probably all very hungover as well by that point but I but yeah so I, w- I was like who wants to go first and I was I was volunteered you know yeah I was right in there as I a, loved it and the guy what are they, what are they called in the in Hunger Games a tribute a tribute yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. I, tr- I was I was self-tributing yeah uh, yes me yes 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 it was my Disneyland and because I was firing in bursts with relative accuracy, like not great, but still pretty good. So the guy went, well, you a soldier, <laughs> but not in like a nice way. Are we like, I bet you, oh, you say that to all. Yeah, I've said that to all the rifle range guests. <laughs> he didn't say it in a, are you a soldier? <laughs> he, he wasn't flirting. He said it in a way that he was worried that he hadn't been told. Oh. He said it in a suspicious way. Uh, like you were a spy? No, 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 no. Like, like. This guy's a professional who runs a rifle range. He'd probably like to be told if there's a bunch of people in the military coming to use the... Right. You know, he's been told there's a bunch of assholes on a stag do coming. Right, he, didn't right. say it like, he didn't say it like it was a problem, but he said it like he was a bit like, what, what's, what's going on? What is this? Which, which must have been the most satisfying... Yeah, that's way, way more satisfying. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if he said it like, you little soldier, and then like, he'd rubbed my hair and my balls. <laughs> but you know what this sounds like? This story... Dippy, dippy, dippy. No, this, no, no, no. This, what this story sounds like to me is the yeah. equivalent of... When teenage boys 
used to say they 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 had sex with a prostitute on the yeah. weekend, but she but she fell in love with free. Them. Uh, yes, and yeah, she refused yeah, yeah, to take yeah. payment. Yeah, she was like, no, you're, you're, this, is you're, this is the equivalent. Your fourteen-year-old dick was uh, <laughs> was so good, so <laughs> fantastic. That I'm willing to waive the one small bit of income I get. <laughs> I'm willing to waive the thing that makes this whole ridiculous job worthwhile, just so you can. Uh, <laughs> It, um, so this, that's what the story sounds like. Yeah, if you if I you went to a rifle range, and they thought I was in the army. Was in the army. <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was a school sniper from Call of Duty. Um, if you if you if any listeners can be bothered, you can scroll far back enough on my Instagram. It's probably like two years ago now, and there's a photo of me with with AK by the bullet uh, grouping. Wow! So I thought I'm going to put this on Instagram just so people know like what a piece of shit I am. Yeah, like the photo of someone who's just about to get cancelled on social media. D- massively, yeah. That's the yeah. photo. If I ever commit any kind of crime, that's the photo straight away. Look at this alt right thug or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like. I, it's almost the reason I put it up is I, out of sheer, out of sheer awareness of how bad it looks in almost any context. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, two guys didn't want to do it. They were like, "No, we're not going to fucking do it," which I found really surprising. Yeah, the thi- the thing is, they're probably you, you probably they're probably scared they'll they'll bloody love it. I yeah, I, I was texting you the other day because recently I was filming something which had some fake yes. shooting in it but they got proper decommissioned guns yes. firing blanks yes yes and i fired this handgun and it felt as it, as as it would have felt if it were real yeah and i just texted ps straight away going i just fired a gun it was the best thing ever i loved it, it was so good it felt so good it felt so powerful it felt so strong i had a my gun erection it felt great and <clears throat> yeah i was just like i i get now i understand gun nuts i understand what, totally yeah because it it just feels great yeah it's a, and it's a lot They're of... They're going to use this tape as evidence <laughs> of some horrible future crime. Well, I, you know, in a way, we're balancing it out because we were being liberal Ramonas at yeah, the start. And now we're finally, you know, this is the extra bit that balances it out where we talk about how excellent guns are and how they're brilliant. But the gun I fired was a Glock, and that's made in Austria. So, yeah. so we're going to have to pay a lot more for our Glocks now. Yeah, there's going to be a lot harder to make any of the Glock parts. There's going to be tariffs on them, import-export. But you know what, Phil? What's wrong with a good old-fashioned 38 caliber Webley service revolver? <laughs> yeah? Webley. Yeah, Webley. <laughs> That's such a... Oh, I wouldn't want... If I had, my gun was called a Webley, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it... Pass me my web, Webley. <laughs> Webley. <laughs> say, just pass me my gun. Pass, pa- pass me the... You know the one I want. What's what that Webley. you got there? A web, a Webley? We got a Webley. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, good evening, sir. Welcome to Le Mans. Ah, uh, merci. Thank you. For, uh, I'm just so glad I could get a reservation. Oh, yes, well done. When, uh, can we also just say uh, happy birthday? <gasps> 
How did you know it was my birthday? Oh, a little bird told me. Little birds tell me everything. Uh, it sings Ooh. like, Oh, your yonder pants, they appear to be fitting well. <gasps> I do have new underpants. And they are fitting well. Yes. Oh, but, but how did you know? I got them for my birthday. Is that how you knew? Oh, I have my ways. Also, that wouldn't, you know, just me knowing it was your birthday, I wouldn't be able to instantly jump to the conclusion that you bought your underpants. That's not exactly a well-worn No, that's, that's true. Ah, and may I also congratulate you on Brexit, which I know you voted for in 2016. <gasps> Keep your voice down, for God's sake. This is a central London Michelin-starred restaurant. Oh, 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 no judgment here, sir. No judgment here. I also hate European people, as you can tell from my Far East accent. Yeah, yes. Uh, can I uh, offer you something to drink? Maybe your favorite drink in the world? Coca-Cola mixed with Diet Coke? <gasps> My God, the half, hypocrite. Half and half, no? <laughs> yes, the hypocrite. That's what I, I invented it at university because I, I couldn't drink due to a terrible bowel condition. Yes, it's an ingenious invention. Oh, thank I'll you. get you a bottle of that, a good year as well. Oh, Can I take your coat? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, please. And don't worry, I won't put it in the cook room. I'll just... The cook room? Don't worry, I won't put it in the clock room. I'll just take it straight home for you now. I know your address, of course. I'll hang it up where you usually hang it, in the wardrobe. <gasps> I, I was quite pleased on the stag do that I was part of the kind of stag do where two or three guys out of 14 could afford socially to not do the yeah, shooting. Yeah, I was going to say, that That's, sounds like quite a nice stag do. That is a nice stag do, isn't it? Yeah. That sounds like quite a sweet stag do then. That's a nice balance. Yeah. So you're willing to go to a, a, a shooting range, but a couple have reservations. Yeah, a couple That's of them ideal. feel able to go, I, 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 I'm afraid of this, or I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't really don't like the, 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 the idea of it, you know, now that I've seen it up close, because it's fucking loud. It's always about 100 times louder than you'd expect. Um, however, to balance that out, out it of is the- so loud. That's what I'm always shocked by when whenever I hear a gunfire close by. It's like, oh, how did th- like, what a loud bang! People fought wars like this just, just all day. People took had this yeah. on all day. Hundreds of those all the time. God, no wonder they, they go deaf and stuff because no, it's no just constant. lose their minds. Yeah. Um, Have you seen 1917 yet? Just saw it. Just saw <gasps> it the other day. Isn't it great? Fantastic. I love it so much. Um, did you see an IMAX? No, but I did see it on quite a big, a big old like screen. a pretty big old screen. Yeah, it's great. Um, I I really enjoyed it, and uh, the stuff in 1917 lined up with the stories that my great grandfather told my dad. Okay. About being in the Somme. And about there being a, 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 a director there with lots of cameras. Well, with, or, with, or with one camera on a big a, crane swooping. Yeah, yeah, across yeah. bits of water. Nice. Um, yeah, the German trenches being all um, concreted and, and, and fancy. Yeah, like an apartment block. Yeah, totally. My, my, so I'm you know, told, the story is passed down. My great-grandfather would say it was always a real pleasure when you did capture a German trench. Of course. Because you'd be like, oh, thank God, there's like pumping stations to get rid of the flood water and it's, it's all concreted, there's electricity. They actually laid concrete. Yeah, and, and electrical wires and pumps and just, yeah, such amazing. a high standard of engineering. Maybe they should have won. Well, they should have thought of that before they started such a stupid bloody war. But, um, Do you think the Allies ever like saw the Germans 
like either ward saw their sweet, sweet tanks and their beautiful uniforms and just went, oh, maybe they're right, actually. <laughs> they're actually quite smart. Um, I recommend uh, our fellow uh, 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 comedian and stablemate Al Murray. Yeah. Al Murray's podcast with James Holland, We Have Ways of Making You Talk, World War II History Podcast. <gasps> Ooh. They analyze the engineering of the tanks. And what, is this one episode? Or like there's two? loads. Yeah, there's <gasps> a whole loads. It's great. I want to I wanna subscribe to that it right is re- after this. It is really good. And they, they talk about the fact that, like, like you say, the German tanks were like incredibly engineered and beautiful, but they're impossible to repair, and they're yeah. too complicated to learn how to drive if you're just a farmer. Yeah. It's um, like they, they had a bunch of MacBook Pros. Yeah. And the Allies had a bunch of... like. 300 pound Dells school Dells yeah it's like yeah it's gross but once something goes wrong you can't fix a Mac yeah exactly they won't tell you what's in it if the Dell breaks we don't even need to wait to fix it we throw them a new Dell and we leave the old Dell in a field (laughs) that's generally the equivalent of what they did with Jeeps and stuff they just leave them yeah because they just had so much better uh, and I also recommend James Holland's book on D-Day which I read with great suspicion because I was like, I'm pretty sure all the D-Day has been D-Dayed by now. I like the the idea of your face reading. I like the idea of you reading something with suspicion. <laughs> your eyebrow raised, just <laughs> page to page. Yeah. Hmm. My eyebrow was cramped after hours of reading of, in suspicion. Um, mm, we'll see about this. Yeah, hmm. we'll, we'll see James Holland. Licking the finger. Flick, flick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I thought all the D-Day had been D-Day'd by now. Sure. D-Done. I thought D-Day was D-Done. Yeah. But I was D-Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were D-Dumb. Um, I was D-Dumb. D-Dumb, D-Dumb, D-Dumb. <laughs> and uh, it's, he's, he's, he's like nailed the statistics, James Holland. Okay. Like really, into, like, like in, in terms of stuff like uh, all the cars and the tanks and teaching people how to drive, he was saying like, it's really important that in America, it was like the rate of vehicle ownership was like uh, one in 10, one in 15, like cars or tractors to people. Mm-hmm. So you had a one one in ten or one in fifteen chance of knowing how to drive, right? Before you get conscripted, yeah. In Germany, it was one in sixty, right? Yeah, sure. you were way more likely to be a, a man who knows how to ride a horse, yeah, 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 and all this stuff, like all these interesting little factors that you would never think about. And it's very useful to read as well because it discounts a lot of that stuff about the German engineering being brilliant and the German uniforms being brilliant, because that those myths in the war, and they are mostly myths, get used by Nazis and stuff. To be like, oh, see, no, that was brilliant. Oh, no, now I'm part of the Nazi. Now you're a Nazi, Phil. I've, I've got you. Propaganda machine. No. Rats. No, but like the uniform. Cancelled on my own podcast. I've never seen this coming. By your own words within an hour. The fastest cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> but so what? The tanks weren't much better. The tanks were really well engineered from a purely scientific point of view, but they broke more easily because the parts were more fine and harder uh-huh. to replace. And so then, okay, your tank's broken. You may as well not have a tank. Mm-hmm. It used too much fuel. It was too heavy. It was, you know. The uniforms are stylish, but they use too much material. Okay. As in, and so some of them just had to be naked. No, no, no. So as in, like each uniform for a German soldier oh, no, with all the, with all its flaps. It's the naked. The naked, naked SS company. regiment. <laughs> naked regiment. Like the Picts, <laughs> fearful and blue. These guys are double crazy. Um, no, but like, so if you have all a, a uniform with all like lovely flaps and tassels, sure, that takes yeah. twice as much material as a British uniform takes, and it gets caught on the barbed wire. Yeah, but we're talking about a country that has no imports. Uh huh. So you're using up all the fucking wool. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, we've clothed one guy for the cost of what the Russians are using to clothe ten. Okay. We're going to run out of money. I see. It's not just about you know, if you have too many, you spend all your money on shiny buttons, then you spend all your money on shiny buttons. Yeah, anyway, shiny buttons though. 
Anyway, that's your... Um... Anyway, so shut up, Nazis. The uniforms were, did look nice, but that's not the point. They lost you the war. But now we're part of history. Now we're part of... Well, now we're free. Now we're free, at last. What's the first free thing you're going to do, Phil? Well, I've already done a free thing. <gasps> I, I went... Um, I started my tour on Sunday in ah. Bristol. Beautiful town, Bristol. So great. I performed at the Bristol Old Vic. Um, yeah, I did two shows there full, uh, full of two wonderful audiences. And the Bristol Old Vic is a really lovely old theatre that's been refurbed recently, but it's the oldest working theatre in the UK. Oh, yeah. Maybe the world. Full of ghosts? Maybe. I don't know about the world, but maybe, maybe Europe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, must have been full of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on stage talking about it, and uh, I mentioned how, you know, this place, this is the oldest working theatre in the UK. I was just thinking, can you imagine the kind of racist-ass stuff that's been on this stage? <laughs> it's unfathomable. Like, in the 1960s, let alone the 1700s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the <laughs> terrible dances and songs. All the most racist songs. The blackface that's happened on this stage. Wow, just to can think. imagine? I'm in the very footsteps of... You should, I mean, it's Bristol, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Um, I only found out the other day, you know, the black and white minstrel show. Yeah. Just literally a black and white minstrel show. Like on TV. Oh, right. Racist minstrels with painted faces going. Yeah, I mean, that's how Lenny Henry started his career. That was on TV. He was on the black black and white minstrel show, I think. And he looks back at it now like, oh, my God. Yes, yes. And at the time, he says, you know, it was was obviously he knew it was bad, but he's just, you know, what else? That was entertainment. And it was an offer. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have total sympathy with. Because I want to be on television as well. <laughs> what would be your equivalent of the Black and White Minstrel show, though? Um, would you uh, would you would you just play a a really horrible South African apartheid? I was about to say, yeah, yeah, I would be offered the chance to be like the foil. <laughs> they would they would say, oh, we'll 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 have you back on the Mash Report, but only if you can be presented as this kind of disgusting, <laughs> like like khaki wearing, like like P W Berta apologist. <laughs> just rambling on about separate but equal and how what would you call an, an we apart- don't want to mix our schools or whatever everyone's like ah ha ha boo uh, yeah boo boo egg him egg him yeah and then like uh, I also have to sit and write all the zingers that undo my own arguments and like right. hand them over to Rachel Paris or whatever and you're not allowed to perform <laughs> it um, knowingly I have you to, have to perform it genuinely as if you believe it. I have to get like really like surprised and frustrated when I'm being when I'm being booed. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be, what, what? No! <laughs> I'm being made of fool. I have to stop like a panda friend. villain. <laughs> <laughs> You'll all see. I have to be really sincere, and I have to use my own full name. And you come off stage, and people are patting you on the back, like, "Nice one, Pierre. That was that was hilarious." And you're like, "Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, thank you." Thanks, and then thanks. I and then I I say to my my cruel and corrupt manager or whatever I can, you, you you don't think they they think that I think that do you oh uh, no kid no I'm sure it'll be fine like oh but it's just that I was quite hey, yeah, 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 don't worry about it put on this uh, hood before you you go out to get yeah, the car don't read the news tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that would be it if I had to be a foil what do you call an apartheidist South like um, well it was the National Party that right. did it so you like they used to call the Supporters of the National Party, you call them Nats. Nats. Yeah. Which is pretty close to Nazi. It is. Um, the Nats, the national nationalists. Okay. Cause, and because it's the National Party, whenever I see on the news, it's like, the Scottish National Party, a little part of me goes, Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I never get a good vibe with nationals in the name of anything. It's like, it's like the more... the more Except dis- The National, which is a good band. Yeah, but even then, even then, even then, who knows? An Edge of Fear. Uh, 
it's like when a country is like the Free People's Democratic Republic, and you go, oh, it's none of those, is <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> You've had to say it four times in the name. <laughs> the Democratic People's National Republic of goodness and nice food of, and, and enough good food. times and enough food and lots of electricity. <laughs> mm, why have they had to say all that? That seems like they're really over-egging the pudding because <laughs> they don't have any eggs or pudding. Yeah, like if you, if you went to a country that's called if you went to a country that's called the running water country. <laughs> mm, that's definitely that's what the first thing I know about this place is there'll be no running water. <laughs> the only MRSA free country. <laughs> you go hang on. Oh, I've been uh, coughing on stage. It's been hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a is it like a deliberate comedic timing strategy, or are you just ill? Oh no, it's just. Um, are you, are you aiming to be like? It's that coughing guy, like no, a thirties turn. Well, no, because currently, if you look like me and you go around coughing, people get quite oh, scared. Oh, of course. Yeah. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. The good time beer virus. The good time. The coronavirus is the only virus you can put a wedge of lemon in. Pop, pop a bit of lime in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the flies away from your coronavirus. Uh, Why yeah. don't they call it the Wuhan flu? <laughs> the flu hand. The flu hand. The Wuhan flu. That does sound cooler, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so you've been pretending to have coronavirus on stage. Yeah, it's been great. Have you been coughing? Just you should cough without covering your mouth onto the front row. <laughs> 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 I uh, I was uh, I was amazed and surprised for 0.01 seconds about all the racist coronavirus shit, and then I immediately remembered what people and racists are like, and I went, Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, I saw that thing on the BBC about how. It... Yeah. Well, yeah. It's that's, that's like that's so old. That's an old-fashioned racism, though. To yeah, to be hate people because they are diseased. Yes, and also they have the plague. And yeah. also because thing in the news, mm. I take that and apply it to guy down the road. That's old school. But then part of me is like, well, at least people are engaging with the news. <laughs> I, honestly, part of me thinks like, well, at least people are. No, <laughs> it's because it's in the sun. Right. Wuhan flu hand gonna <laughs> gonna get you hand gonna get you hand. See, we could all work there. <laughs> and many Oxbridge graduates do. Yeah, we went to the same university, those, those people. Yeah, we did. Um, so, okay, but you don't have coronavirus? Not that I know of. No, me no. neither. No. Not to boast or anything. Yeah, but uh, apparently you can take off of the symptoms to emerge, and you are infected, you are contagious when before... When you're asymptomatic. When you're asymptomatic, <gasps> yes. Oh, my word. But um, it's nothing to worry about. People, please try and listen to this bud pod with gloves on. Listeners, put a, put a, put a little yeah. put a little condom over your headphone before you put, put it in your ear. Put those uh, those mouth guards <laughs> of one over each ear. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And please, um, so the ears look like they they're from Hong Kong. They're doing a smog or something. Yeah, please sandwich wrap your iPhone or laptop. Ring letters, emails, phone Mini correspondence, I'd say. A quick correspondence. A quick burst. You, you're desperate for a correspondence. You, you, you turn off the highway, you run into the services, and you have a quick correspondence. It's like an espresso, how they have it on the continent. Just on the bar, one shot of espresso, and you're out. Back to the construction site. Back to the pizza factory. Quite right. It's from no one. It's from Anonymous. Uh, and uh, the subject line is penis peer. Okay, thank you. Okay, penis peer. Yeah. And this is a fresh one? This is a fresh email. This is a very fresh email. Um, okay. we're, we're, we're actually doing it out of order because I was, I was charmed by, uh, 
the, the, the opening, preview. The preview of the email where the opening just says, Dear Piss and Shit. <laughs> and what what time does this email come in? <laughs> just after midnight. <laughs> Dear Piss and Shit. Yeah, al- like already about- you have an idea of what this guy's night was. Yeah. What I like about it is that this guy's emailing uh, saying that, like he's heard the other sort of little puns and twists. <laughs> and we've got to the point now where we're just being called Piss and Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which one's which. What do you reckon? Can How can I, I'm pissing your shit? <laughs> can we do that as a kind of uh, 70s, 80s British double act? Like, <laughs> good morning, everyone. We are pissing shit. And be like, I'm William Piss and I'm Jonathan Shit. And together we are pissing shit. Who likes magic tricks? Yeah. Boo. Boo. No. Um, <laughs> dear piss and shit. I'll make it brief as I'm tired and the story isn't worth that much time. <laughs> I was imagine coming back late at night and going, oh, I guess I'll just send that email. God, I don't, I don't, what do I call him? Piss and, sh- piss and shit. Dear piss and shit. Right, before I go to bed, what have I got to do? Brush my teeth and email Bud Pod. Um, and the story isn't worth that much time. I was recently lucky enough to find myself in my school's second worst quality toilets. <laughs> E-block. Oh, is, 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 is he at school? Is he still a student? I think so. Oh, nice. E-block, he says. E-block, God. I was relishing a well-needed waz. Okay. As we've all done in our lives. We all need a waz. When a sixth former walked in, a feature of E-block toilets that is essential to my tale is that there are two urinals with no partition. Oh, okay, very They just bang right next to each other. Yeah, they bang right. Anyways, the sixth former walked up to the only other urinal and began to piss, and then peered over until his head was about a foot away from my dong. What? What? That like he bent down, peering over. Yeah, like a. And he says a, peered over until his head was about a foot away from my dong, in the same manner I imagine Woodhouse's Jeeves would peer at a disreputable Willie. <laughs> So there's a very sort of arch tone coming from this man's perving. Also, this guy for a student has got a, a very old-fashioned sensibilities. I think I, I like to think that Anonymous here is the same kind of uh, fun, cool rock and roll guy that he's also read all of Peter Jeeves and Woodhouse <laughs> as I had done at school because I'm a cool, fun guy. Uh, I exclaimed a quick "Okay, thank you" and shuffled away to the nearest cubicle, <laughs> knob in hand. Lovely. Keep it jacked, Anon. Anon. Well, thanks, Anon. Dear piss and shit. Best days of your life. Best days of your life. Uh, Do report that, man. (laughs) Do do report that sixth former if he continues to peer at your disreputable willy. Especially if he's a foot away from it. Because that means he's not just leant over and looking down. Because that's still, on average, three feet. Yeah. If he's, like, then bent down so his head's basically in the porcelain by your penis. He's really looking at it. He's really getting a good old look there. Next time it happens, just... Give it a flick of the wrist, splash and piss right up in his face. And then run like the devil. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at six one in my school, I was out in the corridor, and one of the bigger boys just ran over to me, his p- penis just in his hand. I remember this and story. And I looked down and saw his penis, and he looked at me and I just went, now I'm Phil Wang, <laughs> which I still don't entirely <laughs> understand. I remember you told me that story at university, and... I laughed so much at the patheticness of it. Yeah. The st- the fact it doesn't make any sense. His confidence and at the- at being able to recognize exactly that kind of guy from school. Yeah. Where it's like you're so close to being 
to making sense. But yeah. you never will. You're stuck like this. I yeah. Well, I I hope he is going through some uh, personal difficulties now. <laughs> in his life. I hope things now are going I'm well. Phil Wang. Yeah, but it was said in, in the quite nasty way, so I hope he's doing badly. Oh, he right. probably is. He said in a mean way. Yeah, I mean we weren't friends. No, 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 no. Yeah. That that's coming across. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that part of the story is very clear. Oh, also, just quick shout out to a pod bud who was at one of my shows in Bristol on the oh, weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mentioned the podcast. Just podcasts in general, and she shouted, Koji! Yes! Um, which is nice, but difficult to explain to everyone else in the room. Yes. Um, yes, we're, we're, you and I on stage are stuck with the whole bin bags, bum bags, bum bum life problem of the secret greeting. Saka, mm, if you remember yes. when we tried to come up with a secret greeting that doesn't make you sound like an absolute pervert. I think it, is, it just is Koji now. It's just Koji now, I think, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, which is hard, hard makes it harder to explain to everyone because the end you have to say which stands for keep on janking it, uh, which means what it means. <laughs> yeah, it's about wanking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our podcast is to trying to promote <laughs> masturbation. Healthy I, masturbation. I mentioned that I do a podcast with you at a gig the other day. Yeah. Um, and the uh, a, <laughs> a lady in the audience who was, you know, East Asian if not actually Chinese, <laughs> East immediately Asian, went if not Chinese, if not Chinese went. <gasps> <laughs> really? Yeah. And I went, Have you are you a listener? And she went, No, but I love Phil Wang, so I'm gonna let, and she got her phone out like, like just put oh, on headphones, oh, just walked out oh, the room. I can't wait. <laughs> but, it was, but it was quite a big audience. It was like an audience of like one fifty, two hundred people and the first, I just I do a podcast with this guy called Phil Wang and and, oh, and I look and it's just like the only Asian lady. <laughs> like you said the activation code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now she's gonna go kill the kill the Malaysian Prime Minister like from Zoolander. <laughs> All right, that's episode 48. 48, everyone, 40. 48. Oh, we've only just noticed 40. Well, it's pathetic. It's oh, it. we're, we're almost done. And it's, almost and done. We're, all, we're right, too busy yeah. being distracted by how free we are. Yeah. Enjoy your... Um, I can't remember if the bananas are supposed to be straight or bendy. Yeah. Um, they're, no, they're supposed to be bendy. So now the bananas can be bendy again. Okay, yeah. Enjoy Enjoy the curvy bananas, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.